get me. From Studio A in Arcata, behind the Redwood Curtain, it's time for... Suckatash. Yes, Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcast. And also interviews with comedians, comedian soundcasters, and other showbiz folk. And now, here's this episode's host from up the coast, the man who puts the X in Xbox and the tie on antisocial... Comedy Soundcast Soundcaster, Tyson Saner. Saner. Salute on, that's just me, Tyson Saner, and I welcome you to this episode of Suckatash, which happens to be number 310. I will be your host this week. Last week, executive producer, show creator, my co-host, and your every other show host, Mark Hershon, brought you a quartet of soundcast clips from the soundcast known as Big Fact, Snow Cap, Codependent, Penn Sunday School, and Penny for Your Thoughts. It's a fun show, and I urge you to check it out at your earliest convenience. As with all our shows, including this one eventually, you can find them on pretty much every podcast platform. The most common examples include Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible.com, iHeartRadio, YouTube, SoundCloud, Podbay, and Podchaser. You can also find the episode by going to our home site, which is SuckatashShow.com. Right now, you're listening to this week's show, which, as earlier stated, is 310. And coming up for you within it are clips from the soundcasts What Did You Do This Weekend, I Hear Voices, and Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I'm almost certain I'll have a classic advertisement from our longtime fake sponsor, Hedison's Pants, for you by the time you hear this. I know you're anxious to hear what I have in store for you, so we will get to the clips without further ado. First up, what did you do this weekend? With Hilary Campbell and Derek Bockelman. In its description, it says, What did you do this weekend is a hilarious podcast with cartoonist Hilary Campbell and writer Derek Bockelman, who are obviously best friends who are very, very funny. Every week they'll answer that age-old question, What did you do this weekend? With tales of New York versus L.A., delivery versus pickup, boys versus girls, Each week, Hillary and Derek invite guests to get into every aspect of what it means to be alive from Friday night to Monday morning. A clip is from a show that posted June 6, 2022, which is episode 10, and features guest Vivian Martinez. In its episode description, it apparently refers to the episode as Tiny Margaritaville, with an exclamation point in all caps. It further says, Vivian Martinez sits down with Derek and Hillary this week to chat about her weekend filled with kids' birthday parties, prepping for a new job, and monkeypox. Also, Derek breaks down the Bratz movie, and Hillary goes to the Museum of Natural History for the first time. This clip features a section of the discussion of the Bratz movie. So we had people over, and we were going to, we wanted to watch, like, a bad movie, which is, like, my favorite thing ever. Um, Wait, what does that mean? Just, like, a movie that just doesn't, that just, it's not bad objectively, it's just something about it feels, like, either bizarre or sort of, like, just not quite, like, real whether it was from like post or something something like disjointed about this movie or whatever and so we sort of went we landed on the brats movie if you guys have ever seen that okay well that's there you go there you go oh my god classic so um i've not seen it but it's a you know brats of the z so it's based on the dolls (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um, and it's just a deeply chaotic film like i'm not like 
with no disrespect because I actually do I this is not my first time seeing it I have seen it a lot um okay wow big reveal huh (laughs) well I will say I was I felt seen though because when someone suggested it they're like oh I love watching this movie and I'm like me too I feel seen Mm. so at least half of us had seen this movie recently what makes you feel seen what wait there is something about about it Oh, I, seen about someone else appreciating its like camp value I guess mm-hmm. so it's like I feel like well first of all it's like just just really bizarre choices throughout so Chet Hanks is the science geek uh, oh wow okay, <laughs> here he comes. yeah um Chet I know Jesus He's and then disaster. also I just watched him on Z-Way and I was oh like my oh gosh my the Joker God. stuff on that was psychotic okay so it's not just me yeah no, he's weird he's no he's psychotic I, okay. I, was texting, <laughs> I was texting Kristen and I was like how did this man come out of Rita and Tom I don't right? understand it's it's a great example of sometimes there's duds genetics yeah. isn't like pouring I water know. you know there's no guarantee because you could give birth to chet hanks and i'm so sorry <sighs> and that's not so, nice yeah, he has... and then they that name they were I like know. of all the names i, I feel know. like that was him up for failure mm-hmm. yes! Never should. don't name anyone chet he'll live up what to the expectation <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah he's in it Half of it is filmed at the Grove, which is amazing. Um, Yeah, I know. I'm like, it's also like, it's got a very diverse cast, which is great, honestly, for like that era. But they could only afford one stunt double who is clearly white. So anytime any of the characters are doing anything, it's the same stunt double. And the stunt double looks nothing like a majority of the cast member. Do they put like bad tanning stuff on them? Thank God they, I mean, they sort of just own it. I feel like it's one of those things where they're just hoping hoping kids are not paying attention enough to see like oh this is suddenly a man not a woman wait wait this isn't an animated <laughs> it's not an animated film no this no is this is live people? action live what? action also so much to talk about john boy is in it what yes he like literally just mugs in front of the camera constantly and it makes me feel like it's it's a wild movie it like embraces comic oh. sans for all of its credits which i gotta respect okay, okay. um People wash their hands with their sleeves, like, rolled up over their hands. So the water is, and soap is, like, on the sleeves instead of their hands when they use the And that's just, like, a stylistic choice. There's, I will say, someone online described it sort of as, like, as insane as, like, Haosu, which I feel like almost feels apt. Like, it's just, the pacing is so off. The the movie's messaging is wild. It's, like... It's basically like the moral is to not let your hobbies or interests become your identity. Uh-oh. It's like deeply what? wild. The, the elevator pitch is it's these girls who are entering high school and they're like BFFs because they mm-hmm. all love fashion. And they enter high school and they all sort of get inducted into these social groups that are maybe more aligned with their personalities and their interests. So like mm-hmm. one girl becomes like part of the science group, one's like mm-hmm. cheerleading, uh, one's uh-huh. soccer, you know, and whatever then we had this they jump forward <laughs> like 40 minutes into the movie we have mm-hmm. a four-year time jump <laughs> oh, oh. which feels very i love how artistic that is and then okay, all rest. of them realize that they feel bad that they've drifted so they all decide to abandon their new friend groups 
to like reunite to put on a fashion show and like it goes so crazy that the smart girl uh, the the smart girl because that's we're dealing with a lot of stereotypes here yes i hate the smart girl stereotype i know it's so bad she lets her gpa like completely fall like it like literally spirals and that's Mm. a good thing the movie is like look how great she is to sacrifice this for her passion for fashion my friends and it all Wait, culminates. I don't, under, I don't understand why there would need to be stunt doubles in any of this movie. Well, the yeah. soccer scene scenes. Fashion and the stunt cheer- <laughs> Yeah. It's the soccer scenes and the uh, cheerleading the, scenes. The, yeah. Oh. Okay. there's a lot of soccer scenes it's like slow-mo like flips and stuff because wait wait, wait. so there's there's like cheerleading stunts and they like <laughs> cut to like the same white dude that they're flipping around i'm assuming I'm it's literally... a white dude that is them from before yes i mean that's yes, funny yes that's yes. very funny that's hilarious this movie is just i mean I, i'm literally cannot tell you how much of a good time it is like i genuinely I mean, love it for it all of its wackiness i can't believe it's live action I was like, it's animated for sure. But it all culminates in a talent show where the prize is, this is a public high school in Los Angeles. The prize of winning the talent show is a full scholarship to the college of your choice. (laughs) A full scholarship? (laughs) Yes. Any college. You go to Netflix high school? (laughs) Yeah. Not fucking happening. So apparently this is a public episode, it says. It also says if you'd like to discuss this with other subscribers who get access to bonus episodes, you can visit the main website, which I'm giving out here instead of at the end, which is cartoonsbyhillary.substack.com forward slash subscribe. The first bit is Cartoons by Hillary. That is C-A-R-T-O-O-N-S-B-Y and then H-I-L-A-R-Y. The show does not seem to have a dedicated Twitter account, but it does have an Instagram account, which is This Weekend Pod. That is all lowercase T-H-I-S-W-E-E-K-E-N-D-P-O-D. Vivian Martinez can be found across all platforms at Vivian is Cool. That is all lowercase V-I-V-I-A-N-I-Z-C-O-O-L. Hillary Campbell can be reached at Cartoons by Hill on Twitter. That is C-A-R-T-O-O-N-S-B-Y-H-I-L. And Derek Bockelman is holy underscore bison on instagram and twitter that is all lowercase h-o-l-y underscore b-i-s-o-n next up i hear voices from i hear voices llc in its show description it says animated characters have befriended our imaginations since childhood but have you ever wondered who is the person behind that voice i hear voices is a celebration of our favorite voices in animation video games anime and more hosted by the dynamic kim possible duo Christy Carlson Romano, also of Even Stevens and Big Hero 6, and Will Friedle from Boy Meets World and Batman Beyond, to name a couple credits. This family-friendly podcast invites you to learn about the people behind your favorite characters. Join us every Friday to hear slash watch the many amazing voices. From superheroes to the quirkiest characters, to the voices that entertain your toddlers, I Hear Voices is your weekly dose of hilarious conversations with a dash of nostalgia. Plus, each episode will feature a playful segment where Christy, Will, and their guests interact with the I Hear Voices audience and create voices for original characters. Beyond podcast episodes, I Hear Voices will also be offering opportunities for the listeners to connect with their characters through community building, virtual live events, and other surprise opportunities that we have in store. Clip is from a show from May 6, 2022. It's called The Voice of Samurai Jack Was in Pulp Fiction, and it's uh, episode 9 with guest Phil Lamar. The episode description says, Today on I Hear Voices, Will Friedle and Christy Carlson Romano sit down with Phil Lamar, also known as Samurai Jack, also known as Green Lantern, also known as Static Shock, also known as Hermes, to name a few. 
Phil Lamar is an absolute legendary actor on camera and in voiceover. Seriously, if you go to his IMDb page, you'll be amazed by all his credits. Although his first big acting gig was voicing Woody in Mr. T, he credits his experience in improv prepared him for transitioning into voiceover. Phil shares with Will and Christie some of his favorite memories of his time in the voiceover world, from his audition process for Green Lantern, to voice acting for video games, to being in awe of his co-star's talent in Samurai Jack. Phil's love for acting, creating characters, and participating in the ever-expanding opportunities for voiceover is evident throughout this episode. Uh, plus, we welcome Jonna to our first live stream fandy interaction. Jonna, Will, Christie, and Phil improv characters in a fun game called Across the Garden. So in this clip, host Will Friedle discusses feelings of inadequacy when comparing himself to other actors. We could go back to <laughs> Static Shock, but here's what I, what I wanted to do. Here's, here's when I knew I was a bad actor. This is the story uh, I was telling yes. you. So they, we did an episode of Justice League. Right. I think it was JLU. It was Justice League Unlimited called Once in Future Thing. Yes. Where we go into the future and Batman Beyond is there and gets to meet kind of – so the story is uh, – John Stewart and Batman get trapped in a time bubble right. and they get sent for first they get sent to the past and it's all you get to meet um, Jonah Hex and all these right. great people from the past and then they get sent to the future and there's there's Terry McGinnis and all these other and we're doing a scene and the scene is I'm there and Phil is now playing young static old static and John Stewart. <laughs> and he has a scene where it's the three of them talking. Oh and my so gosh. for about 20 minutes, you just sat back and let Phil play everybody. All the parts will be played. All the parts, so literally. Much. The young kid talking to the old guy who's then answering John, who's talking to the two. And I remember just sitting there just kind of going, I'm not good at this. Like, this is, there are people that are on such a different level. And that was one of those moments where you do, where it's like, so I remember Andrea saying to you at first, Andrea Romano, the director, saying to you at first, do you want to take them one at a time? And you're like, no, let's just run through them. And and that was it. You did. It was like a page and a half of dialogue of three different characters, three different ages from three. It was the the most crazy thing. And I did. I just it's a bit of gushing. But I remember just sitting there just having these two moments of I'm so excited to be here and I'm going to go quit this job and go do something I'm better at because I'm not I can't do this. So do you remember that uh, recording? I do. I do. And it's funny because that was. The, mar- the high water mark for me, because in 98, I had started working on Futurama. And in the first mm, episode, Billy West, who plays three different characters, there's a scene where his character, the professor, introduces his character, Fry, to his character, Zoidberg. And I remember sitting in there and had the exact same experience. <laughs> we like watching him. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, I'll see like, myself out. <laughs> right, it's like I was like that. No, no. Basically, it's like if you're a little leaguer, and all of a sudden you're sitting in the stands at the All Star game. <gasps> That's how it's done. Yeah, Got you it. feel like that. And and I remember thinking like, okay, that's gonna be my you know my bar someday. Someday I'm gonna work with because there were episodes when we did Static Shock where I had to play Static Shock and Green Lantern. And I did not record them together. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, the static voice is a 14-year-old boy. And uh, John Stewart is my deep register. And I'm like, okay, I don't want him static to like, static to get up to here. Oh, wait, no. Yeah. <clears throat> so, right. like, no, Andrea, let's just do them separately. 
But by the time we got to JLU, I mean, you you know this experience. When you sit in a room with Kevin Conroy for a few years, uh, yeah, you get good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to. You don't. You don't have a choice. Right. You don't have a choice, or else you just, or else how bad you are really shines through. <laughs> when you're sitting in between Conroy and Mark Hamill for two weeks, like I was, I was like, I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. See, I was going to ask you guys. Suck. A lot of a lot of the people that listen to the podcast are just so enthusiastic about voice acting, and some of them even want to be voice actors. That and myself too, included in terms of just improving on the craft and understanding those leaps and bounds that you guys have both kind of are are, are vocalizing, not to make a pun, but just like how you get better. Is it really just like fear and shame of, 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 of imposter syndrome? Or is it it just that you're looking at those people and you're like, wow, I am so passionate about the art of this, the art form of this. It's not just selling toys. It's not just getting my union card. This is about the art form of vocalizing or the vocalization of it. So yeah, I mean, yeah. How does it, how do, what's the journey there? Well, I mean, I think it's, I, I think it's similar to any form of acting, any form of art, actually any skill set. you get better by seeing people better than you, you know, playing against them, playing, you know, like in sports, you're playing against people that makes you better, but in acting, you're playing with people. I mean, I remember being on set uh, during Pulp Fiction and watching Samuel L. Jackson just play a character in a room. And I'm just like, oh, my God, five minutes ago, I was talking to a guy. He's not here anymore. There's somebody else in his body now. And so that sets the bar mentally. I mean, I, I think it's the same thing in music. Like when you you start out, you maybe have some talent, you know, you're pretty good. But then you see somebody so much better than you like. I gotta yeah. get there. Mm-hmm. And then you just, you know, you learn yourself and then you learn the craft and you just keep moving up, you know? So now this show is another one that has followed the example of putting a lot of information in their show description rather than myself usually having to go seek it out, which I am happy to do, but I do like it when they make it this much easier. So I'm just going to read it in order as of appearance. You can follow Phil Lamar at Phil Lamar on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. That is at lowercase p-h-i-l-l-a-m-a-r-r you can follow christy carlson romano and instagram at the christy carlson romano which is uh, t-h-e-c-h-r-i-s-t-y-c-a-r-l-s-o-n-r-o-m-a-n-o and on tiktok it's christy carlson romano without the the and follow will friedel at uh, wait, you can't follow Will because we need to teach Will the internet. It literally says that. And then there's a little trademark symbol next to the word internet. That's pretty funny. And then apparently uh, there's a special thanks here to Jana for p- participating in the fan interaction. And you can follow her on Instagram at Jana's Almost Famous, which is lowercase J-O-N-A-S-A-L-M-O-S-T-F-A-M-O-U-S. Friends, if the high cost of air travel is getting you down, then the all-new Henderson's Flying Jodhpurs should have you as high as the proverbial kite. While these sharp new business casual pants can't actually imbue you with the power of flight, slipping them on is practically the next best thing to getting there, wherever there happens to be. Never again be hassled by a jumbo-sized seatmate or a perfumed matron stinking up your space, or suffer seats that are crammed so close together that they make a body bag look roomy. With Henderson's Flying Jodhpurs, you get to put the world on hold. 
And by hold, I mean that's where you'll be flying from now on, in the cargo hold. Our patented flyers are specially designed to make air transport superbly comfortable, whether you're in a pet carrier, cardboard box, or wooden crate. With plenty of extra padding, it's like having your own first-class seat. Henderson's custom-fitted flank tanks hold enough breathable oxygen for you to survive a flight from Shanghai to Timbuktu. With the extendable bib and hood lined with 100% genuine alpaca, you'll stay toasty warm no matter how high you happen to fly. And speaking of high, unlike makers of inferior brands of aviation breeches, Henderson's Flying Jodlers come with a built-in altimeter, so not only will you be alerted when your air supply starts to run thin, but you'll also know when you've made it into Henderson's exclusive Mile High Club. While most reputable air carriers prohibit passengers from flying in the cargo hold, Henderson's has worked out agreements with the remaining disreputable airlines to welcome aboard anyone sporting a pair of Henderson's Flying Jodlers. Originally designed for Amelia Earhart, the Wingwalkers Club of Altoona, Ohio, and Area 51, Henderson's Flying Jodlers are available wherever Army and Navy surplus goods are sold. That's Henderson's, makers of fine slacks and loincloths since 1903. And now, back to Succotash. And thank you, Bill Haywatt. Finally, Kill Me Now with Judy Gold from Authentic Podcast Network. Its show description says, Kill Me Now is a weekly podcast hosted by award-winning comedian and writer Judy Gold. Since Judy always seems to be pissed off about something, she thought, why not interview celebrities about what makes them angry, from the extraordinary to the mundane? Whether it's your cheap friend who always gets up from the table when a check comes to injustices such as inequality and equal pay, Judy and her guests vent with wit, humor, and passion while you laugh your ass off. The clip is from a show that posted March 14th, 2022, show number 341, which is interviewing Malcolm Nance. And this is a part one. The next episode is part two. But this episode's description says, Malcolm Nance may just be the most interesting man in the world. Part one of his convo with Judy is chock full with unbelievableness. Coming from a family with a rich military history, this guy was destined to do great things. Slave names, Jewish jellies, genies, just to name a few keywords to suck you in. It's part one of Kill Me Now with Judy Gold and guest Malcolm Nance. But it's fascinating going back and looking up that history. Especially uh, for African-Americans. It's like, oh yeah. it's so, I mean, the Jew, as a Jew, yes. um, we know everything. We know everywhere. Everyone is, you know, it's like we came from here, then we got kicked out of here, then we went, you know, like everyone who does, like, their, gets their DNA done is like, I'm 99.999 Ashkenazi. <laughs> yeah. But and I just feel so bad that this country is so fucking racist. Um True. So many people can't find I don't know, it just it really is upsetting. Um it's interesting too that they they enrolled in the military. You know, you think Fascinating, huh? Yeah, because why would you defend the country that considers you, you know, three fifths of a person? I mean it's yeah. amazing to me. What I found fascinating was because um, my my great great grandfather and his brother Green Nance and his brother William Henry Nance, uh, they were living in Northern Alabama as slaves, and then boom, they magically. There's no real record of them until they appear, which is which is real slave talk, right? 
I mean, I would have to go to Northern Alabama, try to find some of those old rolls of the, you know, that's real hard. But they pop up in April 1864, enlisting in in the first unit, which was called the First Alabama Volunteers, which was a provisional black unit that was formed as the Tennessee River Valley was under attack by Grant. So they were like, need some need some guys with with guns or pikes. Right. And they got them. Then he joined the U.S. Army, transitioned them into the 111th U.S. 111th U.S. Colored Troops. I have it written yeah. down. And um, to give you an idea. And his idea, brother came and his brother went with him. Yeah, both of to them go, yeah. ran away together. To North Tennessee Valley. Yeah. And this is fascinating. So after, I guess, after a few months of guarding empty bridges and not shooting white people, they, <laughs> William Henry, and you know that's why they joined the army, right? Right, right. Slaves do not join the army to go move dirt. Right. Okay. They joined the army for an opportunity. And the only opportunity that would have been fun and interesting would have been out there shooting Confederate soldiers. Right. Um, So William Henry was like, okay, this isn't exciting enough. So he actually left the army, joined the the Navy, Navy. yeah, and became a landsman, which is just like Joe Blow labor on a riverine gunboat. Right. And that job was, he liked that. That on the Tennessee where, River. He was on the yeah, Tennessee River. Yeah. But he goes up and down and he bombards Confederate, you know, forts. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is the job. So he remained right. in that. So we, our family was both Army and Navy in the Civil War, which made for a lot of conundrum until oh, World I War II. Oh, I bet. I it was bet. all Army until World War II. And, you know, and then it became 100% Navy. But interesting fact, William Henry at the end of the war just had so much fun bombarding people. That in, the, <laughs> in the late 1860s, um, he goes out west to Kansas and he joins the uh, U.S. 9th Cavalry and becomes Buffalo Soldier in Lima Troop 9th Cavalry. And somehow on patrol got an inner ear infection, which back then was lethal. Right. And he died. He died. Uh. In, you know, he died in service and is buried at the uh, at the U.S. Army Cemetery in Fort Leavenworth. So if any of you go out there, all you're going to see, find his tombstone. It's a W.H. Nance. And, uh, but we have his hospitalization record. We have all of his patrol records. We have his um, death certificate. Wow. Uh, you know, ancestry is the bomb. I mean, you but know. Is an- Wait, ans- I did 23andMe, but ancestry, <laughs> are they owned by the Mormons who want to convert everyone? That's what they say. <laughs> because when I, I, went, I went to... Um, I was shooting a movie in Utah, and then we went to the... Um, where in you know, Utah? Where was it? Park City? It was years ago. Oh, it was Park like 20s. City, nice. Yeah, it was nice. And we're shooting this movie, and we went to the library, and they're like, welcome, welcome to the library. We know everything <laughs> about you. And it's like, because they're all... Try, you know, they're trying to convert Holocaust, people who died in the Holocaust. I am. And I mean, they have this whole, you go in a room and they talk to you. And I, it, I was like giggling. I couldn't. Oh, my God. But they're so like, hi. It's like the one hey, I. Yeah. Super secret. OK, top secret story time. I was sent by the National Security Agency. Yeah. To Brigham Young for oh for for an entire semester. No. Because they have a foreign language training program there. We were taking a secret Libyan dialect course right. way back then. 
and they were trying to convert us left and right. Not the black guys, but everybody. Right, right, right. Because we're Lamanites. We're the people who who didn't side with God when God and Jesus were having a battle, a, right. a rap battle over who controlled heaven. So they right. cast us down as dark people. Wow, that's I crazy. Because people would insult me, throw insult me, insults at me on the campus like they were using the N-word. <laughs> They're going, Lamanite. Um, I had to look it up. I had to treat those people like they were a foreign, you know, I was deployed to a foreign country. Well, you basically were. Yeah. Like a well, young university, forget it. The show does not appear to have a dedicated Twitter account, but you can reach the guest, Malcolm Nance, on Twitter at capital M-A-L-C-O-L-M, capital N-A-N-C-E. Host Judy Gold can be reached at Jew D. Gold, that is at capital J-E-W-D-Y, capital G-O-L-D. And the website is judygold.com, spelled J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D.com. And here we are again at the end of another episode. I do hope you found some enjoyment within somewhere. Something you will remember after you have left this listening space. Perhaps something that will inspire you to check out the full versions of the soundcast you heard in this episode. Perhaps other episodes from the soundcast you heard with different guests. Or perhaps other soundcasts featuring the guest you heard. It's difficult to say. I've already got ideas of what I will be bringing you in two weeks. But until then... Consider subscribing to us wherever you can. Tune in next week for Mark Hirschhorn's episode 311. Be decent to each other. Go to www.tysonsinger.com for all the other stuff I'm involved in if you're interested in that. And if someone asks you if you've heard anything memorable lately, won't you please pass the Succotash? You've been listening to Succotash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast, with your host, Tyson Saner, brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Rate us and review us at Apple and Google Podcasts. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com. On Stitcher. On iHeartRadio. On YouTube. On SoundCloud. And wherever fine soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded. Follow Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Succotash Show. Like us on Facebook. Email us at tyson at succotashshow.com or call into the Succotash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us using our direct upload link at itail.com slash you slash Succotash. Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Suckatash is executive produced by Mark Hershon. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Suckatash goodbye. This has been a Succotash Patch production.